Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Concern, the folks that taught me how to pastor, that showed me what real pastors are, happened to be here this morning. Uh, my pastors are Bud and Sherry Jones. They pastor the First Pentecost Holiness Church in Apache, Oklahoma, and they're sitting right there. If you guys would stand just so they can see. I know you didn't want to, but th- this is my pa- these are my pastors. Thank you, guys. And they I've already told them publicly before they're my heroes. And so if I mess up, you get to blame them. Or if I do really good, you can give them all the credit because they taught me. And uh, they're the people in my lives who I've talked to you about before when I mentioned to you I think I mentioned it last week, that you need people in your lives that wouldn't accept anything less than the best. And they were the people in my lives, along with my mom and dad, that would constantly refuse to let me slack. Constantly. All the time. Every week. That's because I was at their house all the time because one of my best friends is their son, Les Jones, who's a pastor in Decatur, Alabama, and we grew up together. And uh, so with all of that said, the reason that they're really here, I, I, I thought this might happen, and so I invited them for that. But the reason they're really here is I, I pulled this little trick on somebody in our congregation. See, you're in for a real treat this morning. Uh, one of the young ladies that I grew up with, uh, she's older than me, so much older. No, she's not that much older than me. Um, she, she was, uh, really instrumental in my life as a young person. She's a couple years old, three years older than me, I think. And it seems like it just keeps getting older and older. I don't know the, I'm playing. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. Jamie was pastor's daughter, but she was more than that. Jamie led a group at one point called the Impact Team. It was a group of young people from West Oklahoma, from all different churches that got together and went and traveled and sang. And I believe it or not, as shocked as you are, I was in that group. I don't know, they turned my microphone down or something, but, but Jamie led that group and put up with me and, and all of my stuff and, and did a great job, but she had a uh, profound impact. Their whole family has had a profound impact on my life. And so this morning, you guys know we're right in the middle of one prayer. We're joining uh, right now. It's over 1,300 other churches around the globe that are talking about this topic this morning. We're asking God for one thing, one prayer. And so Jamie is coming at this time. Jamie Scamahorn, her and her family attend here and are very involved. And you are blessed this morning. She's going to bring the word this morning, and we are delighted that she's here. Thank you, Jamie. You didn't tell him about that because I've got some stories about you. I really, 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 well, I've got an awesome picture I'm going to show you. I found the other day, and he was cotton topping about this tall when he sang for me in the Impact Team, and he, we did have to be very creative with the sound. So we learned how to, every once in a while, they would um, figure out that Oh, my, my mic's not on. My mic's not on. We had one kid, and it wasn't Steve, but somebody else that just totally could not carry a tune. But when somebody is so willing, how do you say, no, you can't? And so we brought him on, but we just had to turn him way, way down. And sometimes he realized, I think my mic needs more. I think it needs more. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's great. It sounds great out here. You just can't hear it in the monitor. Anyway, I just appreciate the opportunity to be able to speak to you. Um, I love Steve and Julie. I love their family. Bob and Edith are just uh, some of my favorite people in the world. And Stephanie, I don't know if she's here today, but 
I feel the same way, and I didn't know he was going to say all that because that makes me a little bit emotional. So I'm just going to skip over that. We'll talk about it later. I appreciate you. You appreciate me. All right. Um, when Pastor Steve asked me to preach about one prayer, he said, one prayer, what would it be? And I really thought about it. My first thought was passion, what he, what he talked about last week. And then I began to think more, what does, the, what does a church need? What does the body of Christ need? That one thing that I could put my finger on, and it came to me that we need a sense of purpose. I started thinking about America and about Americans. And, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm the oddball and maybe I'm weird. And if I am, yeah, okay, I agree. And we'll just get past that. Let's just say that I am weird, okay? But I think sometimes people are the same way. I, I remember as a teenager, and probably Steve and I were some, were some of the same camps, and, and oh, we would be in the altars and travailing, whatever that word means, over what is the will of God for my life? What is the will of God for my life? And as a teenager, I just prayed so many times, God, please just whack me over the head with whatever the will, your will for my life is. Because it was this big mysterious thing like, oh, you need to be in the will of God. And then somebody came up with, where the verse says God's uh, good, pleasing, and perfect will. And, you know, it wasn't enough to be in the good will of God or the pleasing. You had to be in the perfect will of God. And there was a lot of pressure as a teenager, I remember that. And I work with teens right now. I work with adolescents. I counsel adolescents. And, and I'll just tell you that I see them going through the same thing. Sometimes they don't realize that they're looking for the will of God. They're looking for purpose in their lives. Teenagers, you, you know that you think as you, as you grow into an adult, you begin to think, what is my purpose in life? What is my purpose in life? And I remember thinking as a teenager, you know, by the time I get to about 25, I'll have my purpose figured out and I am good to go. But <laughs> doesn't work that way, does it? Some of you that are as old as me understand that we can be this age and still looking for what our purpose is. You know, I, we, I look at America and we go into our 20s and, and, and kids in their 20s a lot of times are figuring out, what is my purpose? Uh, um, what am I going to be? You know, a lot of times we associate purpose with job or career. And so in your 20s, you're going, I've got a daughter and, and fiance, almost said son-in-law, but who are striving with some of those th- same things. What am I going to be? What am I going to be with my life? And so I think in the 20s we see that. And then in the 30s we get to where, oh, you know, where is our purpose? Because I'm running kids to ball games here and there and I've got all kinds of stuff going on. I can't figure out where my purpose is or what I'm supposed to be doing. And in my 40s, this is where it really hit me. I, in my 40s, some old dreams started to resurface. Some things that I had forgotten about for years and years and years. And they just started to come bubbling up. And they refused to be stifled. They would not... It was back there. Remember? Remember when God told you this? Remember at that youth camp? Remember this? Remember this? And those things started coming back alive in me. You know, I think in our 50s and 60s and even 70s, in our 50s and 60s, we're thinking about, you know, is there life after, after our career? And then when we retire, because we've put all of our purpose in our career, then who, who are we? You know, psychology will tell us some of the toughest time in life is when you have worked at a career for 30 or 40 years and you all of a sudden retire and everybody's so happy, retirement party, woo-hoo-hoo, isn't it exciting? And boom, you go from being somebody and something and some title that you can say, I am so-and-so, I'm Jamie Skimhorn, I'm a counselor, to saying, I'm Jamie Skimhorn, I used to be a counselor. 
because I put my purpose in that. And so what I see in America over and over and over is that that not just not just the sinners out there, not just but also in the body of Christ. We've done the same thing. You know, there's that scripture that says they'll know we're Christians by our love, you know, they'll know us by our love. I thought, wouldn't it be cool if it said or if we could say that they, you can tell somebody's a Christian because they know what their purpose is. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be awesome? And that's how I think the body of Christ has got to operate. I believe that the body of Christ is going to... I mean, I believe it's going to be a beautiful bride when Jesus comes back, and I believe it will operate in our fullness, but I think it starts with us, and it starts individually in us. I am so sorry if I don't even follow any of this, so that's just how I am. Um... We are one body and we have one purpose. As a group in general, we, we are called to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We are called to heal the sick. We are called to feed the hungry. We are called to clothe the naked. We are called to provide shelter to the poor. We are called to do those things as a body. But if I'm not operating in my purpose, how is the body of Christ going to operate in the purpose that we're called to do. And so I want to talk to you today mostly about individual purpose. The second thing is one believer, one specific purpose. There's a purpose for you, and there's a purpose for you, and there's a purpose for you. A specific purpose. 1 Corinthians 12 12 through 29 is all about the body of Christ. I won't read the whole thing to you. But it says, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. So it says you have a part in the body of Christ. Now, you are, and it's really hard to kind of figure out how that we can be so special. How can we can be a part of it? How can we have purpose that nobody else has? When you think about this, you are one in, and I put... On there, that was Thursday afternoon, 6,685,494,258. That was Thursday afternoon, but as of 3.30 this morning, (laughs) you are 6,686,080,275. That much already. Of all the humans that have ever lived on the world, they estimate it's about between 90 and 110 billion. Now, here's the thing. You are unique. There is nobody that was ever like you or that ever will be like you again. I have identical twins. They are identical. In fact, when they were born, they were sharing the same blood, which you're not supposed to do. They are very, very identical. Except that they're very individual. (laughs) Formed out of one egg Yet they're very individual because God has a different purpose for Brooke than he has for Blair. He has a specific purpose for Brooke and he has a specific purpose for Blair. Um, You are unique. Your birth was no accident. Uh, Psalms 139, one of my favorites. Oh, I love it. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. All my days are ordained by you and were written in your book before one of them came to be. The Message Bible says you know me inside and out. 
You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. You saw me before I was born and scheduled each day of my life before I began to breathe. Every day was recorded in your book. Man, can you read that and not understand that you are unique, that you are special, that God has a plan just for you? He planned every every tiny part of you. He planned what race you would be, what color hair, what color eyes. He planned what personality characteristics you would have. He planned it all so that you would be just who you would. He also planned when you would be born and when you would die. Where you'd be born, where you'd live, how you'd be born, no matter what circumstances you were born into. Now listen to this. Somebody needs to hear this today. Children may be unplanned by their parents, but they're never unplanned by God. You hear me? You may have been born into a family that you felt like no one wanted you. I had a good friend, and I worked with her, and she taught science. When I taught to home ec, which is hilarious, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I don't like to cook. So, but we went to a little, a little uh, training session together. It was about counseling um, at-risk kids, and we went to this training together. And um, we had this deal where we had to s- do these affirmations and, and say these affirmations to each other. Thank you, because I really, really need that. Um, And I will never forget, there was one that said, I'm glad you were born. And I just thought, that's weird. Because, you know, I've always felt wanted in my family. I've always felt like everybody in my family and people around me were glad I was born. But she was born into a family of about eight or nine kids. And she was the youngest. And they struggled to feed every mouth. And when, she, when I said to her, I'm glad you were born, she broke down into tears. See, children sometimes are unplanned by, by their parents, but they're never unplanned by God. He has a plan for you. That's so important for you to understand because you'll never perform, live, or achieve above the value you attribute to yourself. So if you go around thinking you're an accident, thinking that you were unplanned, thinking you should, never should have been born, you'll never perform above that. There's a little poem that I found. It says, you are who you are for a reason. You're part of an intricate plan. You're a precious and perfect, unique design called God's special woman or man. You look like you look for a reason. Our God made no mistake. He knit you together within the womb. You're just what he wanted to make. The parents you had were the ones he chose. And no matter how you feel, they were custom designed with God's plan in mind. And they bear the master's seal. Know the trauma that you faced was not easy. And God wept that it hurt you so. But it was allowed to shape your heart so that into his likeness you'd grow. You are who you are for a reason. You're formed by the master's rod. You are who you are, beloved, because there is a God. Second thing is you're called out. Because you're sitting here today. Because you're part of God's army. Because you're part of the body of Christ. You are called out. The word of Ephesians 1, 4, 5 through 9 says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Once again, we're talking about before before anything was going on, before you even thought about it, he knew I was going to call you out, Jesse. He knew I was going to call you out, Mike. He knew it before. And I love that that Greek word in this passage of Scripture, and I won't read the whole passage, but that Greek word 
literally means out, I say. So he looked at you and said, out, come on. He's mine. I'm calling you out. He grabbed a hold of you and called you out. You could paraphrase this verse like this. When God saw us, he said, out, I say. In that moment, he separated us from the rest of the world and enlisted us in his service. And think of it. He did all of this before he ever hurled the first layers of the earth's crust into existence. You are called out for a purpose. Third thing is you're sealed for a purpose. God's got me doing this study on sealed, and I, it's not even completed yet, but I found some really cool things. In 2 Corinthians 1, 21 through 22, it says, Now it is God who makes both of us, and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come, which is the fulfillment of his promise. Sealed means to put a mark on an object to show identity, possession, authority, and security. Oh, listen to this. God put his seal on you. Just like the king used to use his ring, and he put a seal on you. He sealed you. He sealed your purpose. Now listen to this. He sealed your identity because sealed means showing identity, possession, authority, and security. Identity tells you who you are. Possession tells you whose you are. Authority says in whose name you have the right to come. Security tells you in whose name you trust. Oh, man. You are sealed for his purpose. The Lord will fulfill his purpose in you. Now, I want to sidestep for just a little bit and talk about purpose. And I think there are a lot of ways that we find our purpose. I will say this, that a purpose is not necessarily a destination. It is more like a journey. When we are looking for our purpose, teenagers, when you're looking for your purpose, God's probably not going to give you some great big vision and angels are going to start singing and say, here is your vision, Ashley. Is this your purpose? Probably not. Probably not. But he's going to guide you in small steps that are going to take you on a journey towards your purpose. I wish somebody had told me that a long time ago, that it is a journey. It's not a destination. I don't have to go around seeking, seeking. Oh, God, please tell me what my purpose is because I know that it's a journey. As I listen to his voice, I move this way. And if he says, uh, 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 back over here, and I'm back over here. And then I listen to his voice and I move that way because the purpose is a journey. How do we know what it is? Well, our purpose flows out of the gifts he's given us, the talents he's given us, the abilities he's given us. It flows naturally out of that. If you're doing something and you think that it's your purpose and you're unhappy about it, wrong. That is not your purpose. I, you know, I want to serve in the church, but do not put me with the children. <laughs> teenagers I love, which I know a lot of people that freaks them out. Love teenagers, do not put me with the little kids. I will be one unhappy woman. I will not be in my purpose. Get it? No. Your purpose should be something you're passionate about. I'm telling you, you will know it's your purpose because there will be a fire that burns inside of you that you can't wait till you get to get started on this thing. When God will wake you up in the middle of the night and say, "Woo, here's a really good idea. And you'll say, yes, 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 yes. And it's right in line with what you do, what your talents are, what your abilities are. And it flows right along. It's your purpose. I'm a big believer in mission statements. And for years I've taught a 
thing about mission statements, but I believe everybody needs to write themselves a mission statement, taking into account what your talents, your abilities, your gifts are, what you believe your purpose is. Some people have a deep hunger and a deep desire to win the lost. Some people have a deep hunger and a deep desire for mission. Some people have a deep desire for, to feed you know, the hungry. But I think it takes some soul searching to figure out what is my mission in life. I think it's real important to do. Um, it is a life assignment. It doesn't end. What your purpose isn't, it isn't, isn't your job. An American Express uh, president about five years ago resigned, and he was making over $4 million a year plus, which, you know, I, can, I could have a life with $4 million. Thank you. Hey, hey, I got a plan for $4 million already. It's already in my head. Somebody said, can you spend a million dollars in a day? Are you kidding me? Of course I can spend a million dollars in a day. But you know what he said? He resigned from there, gave up all that salary and said, I need to go get a life. Because, see, that was not his purpose. He was saying, I got to follow after my purpose is what he was saying. He's saying, I got to go do something different because this is not what my purpose is. It's not your role. Your purpose, your purpose is not a mom or dad or brother or sister or bank teller or counselor or whatever you are. That's part of it, yes, but that's not your whole purpose. Your purpose is not your position. It's not one certain project. Think about Noah. Think about Noah. Now, you know, we could say Noah's purpose was to build the ark, but what about after the ark? I think Noah had a little bit of identity crisis, though, because he did get drunk after the ark, didn't he? Because he was probably going, I don't have a purpose anymore. <laughs> I put all these years into this, and then I was all that time with the stinky animals, and now my purpose is over. It's not just one certain, certain project. Pastor Steve's purpose is not to build Passion Church. However, that is a task that he's called to, definitely, but it is not his entire purpose. When he is 70 years old, that may not be at all what he's doing. It's not relative to your age, and I want you guys to listen. I want you, young men, to listen to me. God has a purpose for you. You know it? And it doesn't matter how old you are. King Josiah in the Bible was young, and he's the one that set Judah straight. He's the one of all the older kings. They were idiots. They didn't know. They refused to tear down all the high places, but King Josiah didn't. He said, I know what to do, and he said, tear them all down, all the high places. Your purpose can and should be reflected in all those things we've talked about, but it is not your whole purpose. Understanding your purpose will give you direction and clarity. It becomes the measure with which all things are judged. When I understand what my purpose is, I can pretty clearly understand what direction I need to be going in. I don't have to sit and think, well, should I go to church today or should I not go to church today? If my purpose is to bless the Lord, oh, I love that song, I will bless the Lord forever. If that's my purpose which it is, it's all our purpose. I don't have to sit and think, do I go, do I not go? I don't know, maybe not. I don't have to. It brings direction and clarity into my life. 
It gets a lot easier. It breaks the power of fear and anxiety in your life. Listen, let me tell you something. Fear is the thing that can paralyze you and keep you from your purpose. I think it's the number one thing. I think it's the number one tool that the devil uses because God can give you a great vision. He can talk to you every day. He can tell you what your purpose is. He can, you can be gung-ho and going and going and going, and all it takes is the devil comes in and says, yeah, but what's everybody else going to think? Yeah, but what if you fail? You're going to do that in front of everybody. Can you imagine? You're going to do that in front of everybody. You're going to fall flat on your face in front of everybody. And it'll paralyze you and stop you in your tracks on your journey towards your mission and towards your purpose. But if you know what your purpose is, you can break that power of fear. You can realize that it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. You know what? I was a little nervous coming in today. It's been a while since I preached for one thing and... I think Pastor Steve is an incredible preacher, so it makes me a little nervous to preach in front of him. You know, just some, there's lots, I don't know you that well and all that. But you know what? It's on my journey to purpose. And I had to say, this is my purpose. It doesn't matter because, God, you've told me that this is what I'm called to do. And if this is what I'm called to do, it doesn't matter if I'm nervous. It doesn't matter who I'm speaking in front of. It doesn't matter because he said it. That's the most important thing. It can help you make better decisions. It can, teenagers, listen to this. You know your purpose and you start following your purpose, it'll tell you who to date. Ha, in a hurry, won't it? Your purpose can tell, oh, there's something going on there. <laughs> Little parent, child thing. I'm glad mine aren't giving me the eye yet, but it'll happen, it's okay. It'll tell, you, it'll tell you what job to take. It'll tell you where to live. It'll tell you what to do on weekends and how to act at work and whether to laugh at that joke or not. <laughs> because your purpose, decisions get a lot easier. Helps you focus on things that are important and eliminate those things that aren't. Everything becomes much more black and white. This belongs in my life and this doesn't. This is my purpose and I've got my eye on the prize. I've got my eye on God. I've got my eye on the purpose. So this doesn't work in my life and this does work in my life. And this is good and this isn't good. Now, sometimes we crowd our lives with a whole bunch of other stuff. But I'm just telling you that God says you eliminate the things that don't belong on your way to the purpose. Even if they seem like helpful, great things, you eliminate what doesn't apply to your purpose. Give hope and meaning in all circumstances. Oh, my goodness. Purpose in life is known to, known to, to um, keep people even in the direst of circumstances. Victor Frankl, I, you probably know him, wrote Search for Man's Meaning and Search of Man's Meaning or whatever that is. And he was a, a concentration camp survivor. And he said, people have asked him, how did you possibly survive those brutal conditions? And he would talk about the different, the different things and the different ways. And you know what he said? He said, I always knew that there was a purpose. I was always able to have hope because I knew that there was a purpose. Because I knew that there was a purpose. Teenagers, what they found is that hope and a sense of purpose is the thing that keeps you away from depression, self-destructive habits like cutting, and thoughts of suicide. Realizing what your purpose is. Why do we talk about it? Because it's our, their very lives is what it is. It's their very lives. Guarding your purpose, and I'm trying to hurry. <clears throat> Keep it before you, and this is... Write it down, say it, share it. 
Proverbs 18.21 says the tongue has the power of life and death. So the tongue, your tongue, has the power to give life to your purpose or to kill it. You know, in the Bible, there's over, and I counted them one time, got out the Strong's and started counting them, all the, all the verses that have to do with tongue, lips, mouth, words, and there's over 1,200. God has something to say about how we speak. So this is what I think you ought to do. I think you ought to get a general idea about what, what your purpose is. And I think you ought to write it down somewhere. And I think you need to stick it on your mirror because we do look in the mirror a lot. I don't know about y'all, but we do look in the mirror a lot and it's right there all the time. My purpose is this. And so that I remember it and I say it out loud so that I build up my faith and that I begin to understand that that is my purpose. And that's the thing. You know, this is what's important. Nothing else is important. It doesn't matter what, what else is going on because this is the thing that's important. I think you should write it down. I think you should say it. I think you should share it and be careful who you share it with. But I think find somebody who will nurture your purpose and will say to you, oh, yes, God's growing that gift inside of you. Even when things look rough and even when things look like they're, you're going through a dry spell or a dry season and things don't look, you don't see things. That verse says, even though we're on the outwardly, we're wasting away, but inwardly we're being renewed day by day. You know, you need somebody that can tell you that, that when you feel like you're going through the dry times and you don't have a purpose and you can't see where God is in all this, that your friend will say, hey, but the scripture says inwardly you're being renewed day by day. <laughs> and he's growing you up for a mighty purpose. Stay out of your own way. And this, of course, the scripture, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, we demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Doubt comes in, denying your vision for your life unworthiness, condemnation, worry about what other people think, jealousy, comparing yourself to other people. Listen, I'm not ever going to be like you. I lo I'd love to sing like you, brother. Sing the power down. But I'm not going to be because we're different and we have different giftings and we have different callings and we have a, have a different individual purpose. And if I compare myself to him constantly... All I'm ever going to be is second best because I can't be him. I'm going to be a poor man's. What's that? What do they say? What's your first name? I'm going to, that's what I thought. I'm going to be a poor man's Tory. You know what they, isn't that what they say? Because I'll never be, I'll never be anything but second best. Why compare yourself? It doesn't matter. God's called you to something. All of those stem from a lack of faith in God and, and his will for your life. See, what we do is when we start to doubt things and when we start to hear those things, we begin to downsize our vision. You know, God says, I, I really feel like God's going to do this, going to do this, going to do this. In fact, I would, I would venture to guess some of you at youth camp way long time ago got a big old vision from God, got a big old sense of purpose from God. And I would wonder where are you at on that right now? Ooh, I'm getting a little bit too real right there. I'm wondering, where are you at on it right now? Because what we do is we listen to the wrong voices and we downsize the vision. I tell you, I have a friend who, who um, and just talking about how different people, you know, I told you I was home ec teacher for 12 years and I don't, don't like to cook. Um, but I have a great friend who loves to cook. And she um, homeschools her kids, and she would, when I was her Sunday school teacher several years back, she decided that she has a big vision about feeding people as a blessing to people. And she said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to step out in faith. I'm just going to start this. And so she said, can I bring you a meal every Monday night? Oh, please don't. Please don't. 
<laughs> yes, you can bring a meal. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That was the best meal my kids had all week. <laughs> yes, bring it on. So she would bring the meal every Monday. I'm telling you, we looked forward to it, didn't, it? didn't we? But it wasn't just the meal that we looked forward to because sometimes she'd just make cute little sandwiches. But I'm telling you, every time you're eating, you can feel the love in it, couldn't you? You know, she didn't care what anybody else said. And she didn't care that, oh, well, nobody else I know has a ministry like this or a vision like this. Didn't matter. Because you know what God had called her to do. Recognize the enemy. We do have an enemy. But you've got to remember that he's already been defeated. We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful not to listen to him. He's the thought whisperer. You know, the dog whisperer and all that stuff. That's what the devil is. He's just kind of a thought whisperer. He's back there saying, but, 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 what about? We've got to be careful, but we've got to realize that he's already been defeated. We've got to realize who he is and who I am who you are and you got to invest in your purpose devote your time money and energy what are you doing towards your purpose today is what i wonder you know i believe this church has a huge potential to reach many many unsaved people in this area i mean huge because i've just seen in the probably three months we've been here i've just seen a creativity that I haven't seen in other churches. A desire to go out instead of sit here and just wait. Hey, come on in. We're to invite you to church. I believe it has huge potential. But I'm going to ask you this. What have you put into it? How's your purpose flow into that? Which I believe it does because God wouldn't have called us here if it didn't. Are you devoting your time? Are you devoting your money? Are you devoting your energy to your purpose? to make it come to be come to happen there's a strange little animal called a, and i'm sorry if anybody's a biologist in here because i don't even know if this is how you say it or not cryptobiotic tardigrade or tardigrade <laughs> and they can exist for a hundred years in a death-like state they go in its shell it goes into its shell doesn't have to have any oxygen doesn't have to have any water doesn't have to have any heat but when you moisten it with a little bit of water, head pops out, his leg opens, his legs pops out, and it's back alive. What I want to ask you today is this. Have you been like that little animal? Where I've kind of just pulled up into my shell, and, you know, there was a dream, and there was a vision, and there was a purpose, and I know, and I remember it, and I, I remember feeling that calling and feeling that sense of purpose. But I've just kind of played it safe. And kind of put myself up in this shell and just basically stayed there in a death-like state. Will you stand with me this morning? I want to tell you that his plan for you never changes. His purpose for you never changes. It never changes. Whether it, whether it seems like a, a dream that was gone long, long ago... It has not changed. And I just feel like today that I'm speaking to some people that I think there are several different, different people in here. Some that, yes, they know that there is a purpose in their life. They've felt it. They've known it for a long, long time. Yet they haven't made a step towards it. They haven't stepped out that first step of faith. And fears kind of gripped them and got hold of them. 
Or maybe you're somebody that just says, you know, I don't really know what my purpose is. I'm, I'm some of those pe- people that I'm just kind of going, Lord, where is my purpose? Where do I fit? What is it? And you're just seeking God for your purpose and for his will for your life. I believe that today that God is here to meet with us. And I really struggled with whether to pray with people or not, but I want to tell you part of my, some of my favorite part of my ministry is to pray with people. And I feel like God's put this word inside of me. To share with you that your sense of purpose is calling you. It's drawing you. It's drawing you in. It's drawing you. And no matter what circumstance you're in today, because sometimes the circumstances seem like, where is the purpose? Yesterday, I hauled trash all day, and I kept thinking, Lord, where's the purpose? Because <laughs> that's what I... But His purpose remains the same for me. His purpose remains the same for me. Today, I'm going to ask... If Pastor Steve will come up and help me, and I would just like, I would love to pray with you. If you just want someone just to agree with you that, yes, God does have a purpose, or to help you to pray with you about bringing that purpose back to life, I want you to come today. Will you just come? God has a purpose for you. You fit into the body of Christ. Don't be afraid, but remember that fear is the thing that the devil will take hold of you. Don't be afraid to come. Lord, we just need you, God. Lord, we need you. We need your purpose. We seek after you and your purpose, Lord.
want to declare over you this morning. I want you to get this in your spirit. I want you to hear me with your spiritual ears right now, not your natural ears. These are, these are words for your spirit, man. You are a people of purpose. You are not here by accident. You didn't just kind of wander in and say, oh, this is kind of cool. I'll stick around. Uh Uh-uh. God pulled the string. He ordered your steps. The Bible declares very clearly that God orders the steps of righteous men and women. You are not here by accident. God has a plan for you. He's got a place for you. He's got a purpose for you. But I also want to say this to you this morning. There is no purpose apart from Jesus. And if you don't have Jesus in your heart and in your life this morning, let me tell you something. You will wander the rest of your life. You will struggle for the rest of your life. You will never find your place for the rest of your life. The only way that you will ever find your purpose and your plan and the peace that comes along with that is one way. Jesus. If you're here this morning and you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, you've never said, Jesus, I want to make you Lord of my life. We want to give you that chance right now because we believe it as a body. We believe as a body that your purpose is found in Jesus. We're going to do this together because see what we can testify to is this. We found our purpose when we found Jesus. And so we're going to do this together. If you don't know Jesus, it's this simple. All you got to do is pray and ask him to come into your heart and life. And the word teaches us. This isn't what Steve says. This is what God said. As soon as you do that, whether you feel anything or not, instantly he's alive in your heart and in your life. Come on, body. Let's do this together. Will you pray this after me? Dear Jesus, I trust you this morning. I need my purpose this morning. And I understand that there is no purpose. There is no future. There is no hope apart from you. And so right now, I give my heart and life to you. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to be my Lord. I submit my life to you. I lay all my plans at your feet. And I ask you to replace them with your plans. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that for the first time this morning, let me tell you, Jesus is in your heart. There's nothing magic about the prayer. Where the, where the mystery comes in is this, is that when we believe it happens, when we confess with our mouth, He operates, He, he responds to our faith. Father, I pray for every person this morning that prayed that prayer for the first time. God, if there's one in this house this morning that prayed that for the first time or there are those that prayed it to renew, God, I pray that they would understand that the second part of that is this. Their purpose can never be fulfilled in isolation. You will bring people into their lives to help them along this journey. And God, I believe that Passion Church, this body right here that you put together, is part of that purpose. And so, Father, I pray that in the name of Jesus right now, they would understand that their destiny is wrapped up in our destiny. And they would they would tie themselves into this body and become involved in this place and begin to grow and find their place in this body. God, I challenge those that come on a weekly basis. If they've been sitting on their purpose, I pray that right now you would challenge them to rise to the occasion and that they would begin to operate in their purpose, whether that's ministering to the children, to the teenagers, 
running sound, picking up trash or parking cars. Father, whatever our purpose is, I pray that we would get off of it and we begin to utilize it in your name and for your glory. Not to get a name for us, but to to build a name for you. God, I declare this morning that we will leave this place one body, one purpose as a body. But we will also leave this place as believers with a specific purpose that you've called us to. And I come against fear and I come against doubt and I come against distractions and I come against depression and God in their place I pray that instead what I prayed for these up here this morning that extreme focus and extreme clarity would come into their lives and they wouldn't have to wonder what they're called to they would know that they know that they know the plans and purposes for you that you have for their lives and God we will begin to operate in that for your glory and for your honor give you the praise in Jesus name now will you join me this morning and let's give God praise on purpose amen father we worship you God we give you praise on purpose this morning you are worthy you're mighty you're awesome oh God we worship you thank you Jamie for a powerful word we, we accept that word this morning It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. 